Woke Official Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast, radio show infused with hip hop. Yeah. Uh. When you make multiple zeros, they treat you like a hero. Wanna be your amigo, feeding into your ego. Standing counting your chips, we're not talking about Doritos. It's part of the game, no rain without mosquitoes. Pesty ass Negroes, blood sucking motherfuckers. They come in all colors, brothers, and even your lovers. The Willie Lynch syndrome. My mama told me if they can't use your comb, don't bring them home. I leave the city in my comfort zone. Into the wilderness of intuition Discover self and change my condition I accept the conflict and tension This is my first ascension A throwback from a different dimension From the Balanta and the Mindy tribe The bloodline of freedom fighters Who overthrew the Amistad That's history I can't forget Refuse to act like I don't know Strongest can adapt. When pressure bust pipes, dreams fade until you snap back like a new era cap. Uh-huh. So we always stay strapped like a lesbian stud. That's the shit they made a nigga, brought me straight out the mud. Straight up to all my niggas with the rubber grips. Bust shots, back at the cops before they empty their clips and whatnot. It's survival of the fittest. Can't be out of shape or be too late on where your shit is. That's just ghetto fitness. Lions, tigers, even bear witness. It's the city zoo. Barackers jump out the van and they don't pity fools. Carry tools like home. Watch when they creep slow uh-huh. Ringing doorbells, guns all in their peephole Love my ghetto people With me wherever we go But they acting like we don't know Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip hop. I am Wood. Made daily with organic, farm to table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Ain't even been a week yet. Still, man, 
Still hard holding that shit together, man. Yeah. This shit ain't fair. Nah, man. Talk, talking about it last week. Got a little bit uh, out of my chest about the shit, but uh, now you know why, man. Uh, we lost family, man. We lost family. Uh, one self salam of uh, Verbal Seed. Travel well, my brother. We'll see you. Uh, We'll see you when we get there. Ten Bell salutes for you. Uh man, we gon' we gonna get through this shit, man. Uh we weren't we it's never supposed to be that close to home, but it was. But uh so this show is dedicated to memory of one self salam of Rebel Seed, what representing Waco, Texas. Also, the wrestling world has lost a legend. We talk about him and revere him all the time. Every time we talk about tag team tournaments. We bring him up. Uh, some of the we we found out today in our casual conversation, Suave, that uh, this this man was the longest tenured employee in, in WCW. <laughs> Factual. Talking about uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Rest in peace, the beautiful Bobby Eaton of the uh, Midnight Express, the famed Midnight Express. And don't you ever forget to put the beautiful on that. Yeah, he's not just Bobby Eaton. He he also may have been Earl of Eaton, the Earl of Eaton during the Blue Blood days, but he was always beautiful Bobby Eaton. So this show is also dedicated to you as well. You feel me? Like Midnight Express, Dangerous Alliance, Blue Blood. Long, but the the fact that he was on the payroll so long <laughs> is yep. a testament to everything he's been able to accomplish. I don't think we talk about him enough just because of <clears throat> how great he is and and um, his execution of the actual art of professional wrestling. He is among the very best. He didn't have to even talk because he had one of the great, at the time, the God MC back then. Yeah. One of the greatest mouthpieces in the history of uh, this business and uh, Jim Cornette as his he, mouthpiece. He, now that I think about it, he may have had the greatest managerial representation of anyone in professional wrestling. Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman, then he, and then Bill Dundee. <laughs> That's a trifecta right there. Like the trifecta of people doing talking for you, like straight up. Yeah, that, you, it doesn't get much better than that. And mind you, ben, Bill Dundee is from, uh, from down under and he was coming with as a heel at the end of his career into WCW. After making his Absolutely. name for himself in Memphis for all those years, yeah, man. Absolutely. So, so it, it's crazy. There's so much synergy between we, we lost uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton and, and oneself, which I only had an opportunity to meet oneself on one occasion. But you and can't you we, can't tell me that that occasion wasn't momentous. Oh no, the, the occasion was <laughs> momentous. It, it is the first canned ever episode of because bitch Texas. Texas. You know, and it, it's a. Uh, I mean. For that to be the first time you meet somebody and they graciously welcome you into into their home, into their home, and have such an engaging and and fruitful conversation, and like you would think I had been friends with him for you know decades. And it's a shame. On, on, it's a shame that y'all hadn't met before that. Uh, like even in the scene, uh, facts. He was in. Rare. I don't know how we. I don't know how we ran that long and didn't run into each other before that. And then immediately when we get in the same space, like we, 
we're both familiar with each other's work and we're like, all right, we need to put something together. We need to work. He was in rarefied air. Um, we'll, we'll, whenever you guys get a chance to listen to Because Bitch Texas and also the video, because we shot it on a phone, so it's really, um, the footage is really raw. It's gutter. It's ground level. It's it's very um, for for twenty twenty. It it basically explains twenty twenty energy, and it was not twenty twenty energy in that room. Um, I I met oneself Salam at a birthday party for S one Symbolic One back in two thousand eight. Uh, shouts out to my guy uh, Deloach Deloach MC Rod Deloach, who was down with the Strange Fruit Project, um, but. I met him at a birthday party for for Symbolic One, and I was just introduced to him, and I knew who he was, and I man, I thought I was in you know the presence of greatness, and that man asked me for my number, then asked us to keep in contact, and for like we would text each other on you know once a month or once every other month, he would always send me new music. Anytime I had an outlet for him, I played it. Every time I saw him in public, it was love. The handful of times I've been over to that man's house, it was like you—you you went over there once and you saw how it was. It was like that every time for me, um, and like that—that's just my story. There are other stories that are similar to mine, or other sto- stories that have a little bit more credence than as far as um, activity and frequency and that type of thing. But they're all the same, you know. what I'm saying that that man was that man was a was a treasure in the DFW Metroplex and in the world of hip hop, and we lost a great one. Uh, he, he created for, for, a, go ahead just for as many people that I've seen that I didn't know had a connection to him that have connections to me and they have like not just recognition for his his um, his accomplishments in music like they have personal anecdotes about their interaction with him and that that, that by itself explains so much to me that I didn't really know yeah yeah man um you know, and it, it, how many people in today's day and age should all can smile every time you see them? No matter what, always smiling, never That's a frown, right. never beef. You know, and uh, very. I cannot be found guilty of that at all. <laughs> I know I can't. I, my attitude is, is terrible, but uh, yeah, he was that guy. And, and in fact, the song that we opened up with today was uh, an unreleased record from Verbal C that he sent me directly simply because of, <laughs> of a conversation he and I had when I was talking shit to him and he ended up putting Clay Davis in the song. And I don't know if it was a dig at me <laughs> or, or or whatever the case might be from, from the uh, from the conversation we had talking smack. But that that song right there is one of my favorite songs for that reason, because uh, I saw him once, and, and then hey, after talking shit, the next thing I hear from him is a song where he has Clay Davis saying "she." And so every time I saw him after that, it was just man, she. And he was like a comedian, so of course he would laugh it off, and then hit me one, hit me with one right back afterwards. So yeah, that's so that's you know that's my reason behind that. This this man though created an entire catalog. Um, and, and record label and for like for his his nephews and his brother uh and, and like his, come, he comes from a musical family in the Hamptons the Hampton family you know our, our thoughts and prayers are with you uh big tree lost his baby brother King tree of verbal C man my guy uh you know and 
I hold him in high, in high regard as well. And but I just had a different relationship with oneself as I did with Tree. And it's not not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's just what it is. But you know, same same for you, Tree. And you know, but he left a legacy behind. And go to Bandcamp, Spotify, any any place, uh, Apple Music, any place where you stream or buy your music from. Check out the Black Sun Media Group catalog, man. If you're not familiar, I guarantee you, going back to like 2000, 2001, even the 2005 uh, deal that they had, you'll find some gems. So go out, go out there and grab that. Just like going back and digging up some things, you know, from the past. Go back and check the network whenever they go decide to add Mid South on there. Go back Jeez, and check the can classic. We have our content, please. Go back and check the original battles of the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Um, on Mid South Television, going into the, the the National Wrestling Alliance, and mind you, that Midnight Express was beautiful Bobby Eaton and Lover Boy Dennis Condry. Then you move over to uh, WCW or Nash or the National Wrestling Alliance and World Championship Wrestling, the program, not the company. And then you you lose Dennis Condry and pick up Sweet Stan Lane, who was one half of the Fabulous Ones. And I'm curious to know. And I don't know if anybody can be able to answer this question since we lost both of the role wars. I guess Paul Ellering will be the one that we'd be able to answer this. And I'm sure Jim Cornette may talk about it at some point or time or another either. But you, have you ever heard the story about the the time the role warriors went up against the fabulous ones in the AWA? And uh, they, they got the finish for uh, the, the fab, fabulous ones got the finish. And then the role warriors got the finish. And Hawk went into business for himself because he didn't like the finish, and it basically became a uh, a no contest. And the, uh, the the fabulous ones got legit, just got legit beat the fuck down for no reason. Yikes! You ever heard that story? No, that's my first time hearing that story. Yeah, so there, there's footage out there of the fabulous ones versus the Road Warriors in the AWA, and it was it apparently was the last time you saw the Road Warriors in the AWA. But uh, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Like, so on the way out, we finna, finna whoop somebody on the way out. So I'm curious if Stan Lane went to the NWA and joined up with with uh, Jim Cornette and Beautiful Bobby, following that incident because it wasn't long after that that Steve Kern went to the WWF as Gator. Uh, oh, that Gator, uh, Skinner, Skinner, rather. You put the proper respect on Skinner's Skinner. name. <laughs> so Skinner. You know, for the way that they have presented my guy, which goes to something completely different we'll talk about later in the show, considering how they've pre presented my guy Bray Wyatt, like, essentially he is the <laughs> the manifestation of Skinner. <laughs> they they tried it again, though. Remember the guy from Tough Enough that ended up going on uh, the History Channel, or, or, or was it the History Channel, or, the, or TLC, whatever channel they have, huh? Cause he was Skinner in real life. Yeah, <laughs> like he was he was made to be on Swamp People on the History Channel. Swamp yeah. People. Yeah. Shoot, shoot him, holy. <laughs> those of you, for those of you that watching, you know, like that's one of my favorite. That's another one of those like appointment television. Like we talk about what you watch on TV, and I can never think of stuff I watch. Swamp People is something I will sit and binge watch. Mm-hmm. Man, oh. Uh... We, there, there's, there's so much because you mentioned Bray. Do we want? Do we want to get into that now? I mean, it's organic. It, it flowed properly. Just go and bring it. Uh, so, bring it. not <laughs> we last week on episode one twenty was it one twenty six? We're on last week. We're on one twenty seven now. Yup. Previously right. on the Broken Pencil Booking <laughs> Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and Radio Show infused with hip hop. 
we had to come back in and kick kick the show off with breaking news after we had already recorded the show. To, uh, speaking of today is, it's you're hearing this today is Friday, August the sixth. Yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. I said yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. Twenty and twenty one. Amen. And not long after, <laughs> uh, it may have been the next morning, we get the news that WWE has come to terms with the release of Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Fam. <laughs> Fam. <laughs> I've been trying my best to keep it cordial and neutral with these with the major two companies in North America. Those companies being WWE and AEW in case you're, you know, pulling the short straw and, and tripping your tripping over your shoestrings. Now, if some of y'all want to argue about, you know, whatever, first of all, I'm not here for that. I don't care about your recommendations. You can say Dragon Gate, you can say uh, New Japan USA, uh, you can even say Ring of Honor, you can say MLW. The two major wrestling organizations in North America are WWE and AEW. And if for no other reason, it is the acquisition and holding of primetime television slots. <laughs> on, on prominent cable networks owned by conglomerates worth over a billion dollars. <laughs> and the only other the only other wrestling company that has that something close to it is Ring of Honor. And I watch Ring of Honor on Fight TV when I do my So again, one and two, whatever order you want to put them in, I ain't here to debate that either. Cause I mean, three, I four, and five can fight it out in the parking lot. It you might, it might, it like, might make for a good pay per view. Yeah, but three, it, but, four, and f- <laughs> three, four, and five can duke it out. I but, mean, you can. But, throw, but that's not a conversation we're trying to have here. Based on the criteria we just used, Impact might be number three, or Impact and Ring of Honor got to fight it out for number three. <laughs> but either way, like straight up, <clears throat> I've been trying to keep my cool and keep everything centered and not go to one side or the other because that's what the internet does we're here you know half media well not half media we hold media plus another hundred percent of broken pencil logic plus another hundred percent of the greatness that we just are in america this is Bur- all this is, countries this is burgundy math here ladies and gentlemen you don't understand you, this <laughs> you feel what i'm saying we and we a whole a whole pie chart the whole thing not half Whole. One percent USPA grade A. <laughs> with the shit on seven continents and everywhere that podcasts are available. All of your streaming platforms and hell, some car stereos. <laughs> hell you hell you mean. Hell you mean. <laughs> but you have fired one of now look. Everybody has a wrestler, whether you realize it or not. Everybody has a wrestler or an act or a faction or an entity in pro wrestling that you will go to war behind. Like you will you will have the conversation. You will justify almost every stupid thing that they've ever done booking or creative wise because you that that's who you've attached yourself to. Some people I know we know some people who are like that about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. We know people who are like that about different talent here and there i'll be honest with you i'm like that with maybe three talents i can think of off the top of my head Mm. roman reigns (laughs) Samoa joe and bray wyatt 
<laughs> I will I will argue with you about their greatness until I can't anymore. And you decide because of budget cuts. Because that's the official reason that we were given. We're, we're budget cuts. We're, we're throwing uh, air quotes up there. Yeah, budget cuts from a company who just secured how many billion in the last 18 months? Um, at, at least two. Let alone, we say, the last 36 months. Okay, so okay, months. yeah, so now, so now we're talking. We're we're saying at least five. <laughs> if we're talking billion. that bag, not billion, mil, not with million, a billion, billion with a B nine, and a pinky, nine zeros, a, three commas, and a pinky up to my mouth like <laughs> Doctor Evil. Five billion dollars, man, and, and we are budget cutting Bray Wyatt. Who, not for nothing, is a top five merchandise seller. He might have been number one. He might have been. I'm trying to keep it modest. <laughs> hey, but there's one thing that's guaranteed. Two things that's for certain. Price just went up. Price just went up. Factuals. Because I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay. The only reason I don't say he's number one, because I don't know what the cutoff is for Cena. Because Cena's the only other person. Cena and the New Day are the only other people. There I we see go. Okay. There you go. Right, now, Dem- if we 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 can throw those in the hat, and we we can speculate on those. But right, you can, you can shake the hat up in almost whatever order you pull out one, two, three. I can justify it. Ro- uh, Roman just got back to selling a lot of merchandise or well, a lot of T-shirts. I don't know his merchandise checks are probably dope, but the Fiend sold a four hundred dollar replica title <laughs> of his face. <laughs> And it was better than anything that was being worn around anybody's waist. And it was it's simply a replica. And he only he wore it to the ring for what? The the three or four title defenses he did get before Goldberg. <laughs> he wore it around his fucking neck. Man. So see, this is this is one of the things it, it makes me angry. Because <laughs> you can't you can't justify this. You can't. You can't tell me that that's a budget cut, because I don't believe you. He's making the money to justify whatever you re-signed him for. So if you gave him the half million dollar deal or the close to one million dollar a year deal, he's he's basically canceling that out in merchandise. And he would he would be he'd be doing more than canceling it out if you booked him properly, but that's another situation. So apparently the story goes that Bray Wyatt in his time off since WrestleMania 37, which we saw how that turned out. He had become increasingly more protective of his character. Sidebar, sidebar, multiple online sources are reporting that his wife, Jojo, or or lady friend, Jojo Offerman, has been. That's his old lady. He got enough. He's married, I do believe, but I know he got enough babies from her and they live together. That's common law. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's his his boo thing. Has been uh, unceremoniously and quietly released by WWE uh, within the last six to eight months. Okay. Continue. So six, oh, six to eight months takes you back where? Because we're in August. So that, that's the top of the year. Months. Top right. of the year, right? So what did Bray Wyatt spend the top of the year doing? Suffering as a burn unit patient. <laughs> you think all this stuff ain't tied up? <laughs> but 
Apparently, he had become more protective over his character and was basically shooting down bad booking ideas as to where he, he had been letting it slide and just making the best of a, a air quotes bad situation. But now he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, this don't make sense. He's calling you out on your nonsense. And then a, a same same article goes on to say that uh, his relationship with Vince McMahon had become strained. I don't know why that is. He needed to be, apparently, now these, these are unfounded situations, but these are all stories that we've been told, that he took the time off after WrestleMania because of the death of John Huber, aka Brody Lee, and he needed some time for, for a mental health situation. And because he was leaving and asked for that time off, the finish to WrestleMania 37 was changed. While also this same report says <laughs> he was due to come back for a huge push in August. And you cut him at the end of July for budget cuts. There's Fam. there's more. There is so much more. Uh, I, I really hate to give this more steam than it needs. But considering we've had multiple conversations about this man, we're going to do it anyway. One Randy Orton. Randall Keith. Randall Keith Orton, who was... The Fiend's uh, last dance partner at WrestleMania prior to that terrible ending and the preeminent last uh, Firefly Funhouse featuring him in which he expressed a change. Uh, <laughs> this Randy Orton came out and said, and this is paraphrasing that direct quote that you will not see or hear from the fiend on WWE ever again. It's for so much foreshadowing. This is in April. Here we are I mean, in kayfabe, August. Kayfabe storyline wise, you're supposed to say that. You're supposed to say, I got rid of him forever. I put him out of wrestling for good. Like they've been saying this is the 80s. Like, all you did was jump him after a match, and apparently you put him out of wrestling for good. He's back in two weeks and on your ass. But, I just, I, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is, this is really stupid. Like, most of the, most of the air quotes budget cuts we've seen, of how many, what's the body count? Because you had looked that up. On which one? On the budget cuts? 42. Jackie 42. Robinson. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? 42, Jackie Robinson. And to me, we could probably say out of the 42, 37 of them were probably, <laughs> yeah, you know, a hot 37 of them were like, okay, this ain't really no big deal totally. It's a chance for y'all to go freshen up and get a new uh, coat of paint and come back. Y'all are young enough to, to to do this on another level somewhere else, raise your stock, and then you know come back for the same money or maybe more. Let me let me run down all of these real quick as much as I can. This is from an article I'm finding on the sporting news in real time. So if I'm missing something, you know, pardon me. But no we, we we had no intention of even talking about this. Um it just happened to be this way. I mean, organic. So from from the earliest, from the most recent to the, uh, I, quote, uh, I guess the first, 
this, while you're reading those off, I'm gonna count which ones are like, these were absolute mistakes. And now, I said about five, so it took us down to like 37. So we gonna see. Now, but before I get into this list though, I will, I will preface it with this one. There are uh, at least rumors, of course, at least two contracts that are either already up or about to be up within WWE as we talk about this podcast. Okay, don't count those two. No, 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 no. We're that's later in the conversation, later in the show. That's we'll, the perfect segue after we do this, but yeah. So the most recent one, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Why is uh, this important? Well, he was entangled in a terrible storyline with uh Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans being her baby daddy while he's also married while Ric Flair is married in real life and Lacey is feuding with Ric Flair's daughter and then I mean, Lacey Rick ends up pregnant for real now now keep it real Ric Flair ain't never had a problem storyline messing with somebody else's woman while he married in not real at life. all that was the story for Wrestlemania 8 <laughs> legit <laughs> legit <laughs> Legit. Photoshop, Photoshop was in full effect, and Photoshop wasn't even a thing. Graphics department got paid for that. Him <laughs> and Mr. Perfect went in. That was the entire basis of the storyline build between him and Randy Savage, and it carried over into WCW to where in the the mid to late '90s they were still on that bullshit. Actually, late '90s, post NWO. Not no mid no. So that was twice. So twice. You, in WCW. <laughs> I forgot so, about okay, that first one. It's, it's that, that was soccer mom. That was soccer mom hair flair for that one. Right. It, start, <laughs> it started in '92 for WrestleMania eight. Flair leaves and goes back to WCW mid late '93. Savage ends up in WCW what late 94 early 95 yep soon thereafter they picked that shit back up in some way shape or form because now it's it's elizabeth divorced and ran off from randy and was shacking up with rick flair and spending all his money all randy's money on rick flair and wow. they and that was a, a point of emphasis going back and forth almost till wcw closed but certainly through 98 99 yeah <laughs> like Liz, Liz played a part in some form, way, form, or fashion between Flair and Savage, and then so she he and has no he has no problem with being involved storyline with a woman while also being married. But that ain't the issue. Funny how the this issue was fun, that well, is horrible. Well, hold on, funny, funny, funny how how you bring that up because this article states that a certain site reported that Flair had serious issues with WWE's booking decisions, including his storyline with Lacey Evans earlier this year. So the only reason why we're bringing so much light to this before we run down the other 41 or 42 uh, people said, actually this would make 43, I believe with Flair. Cause I forgot about Flair being just released. Um, they had a they had a reunion earlier this year with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, along with JJ Dillon in a segment on AEW dynamite. All, albeit people on different sides of the other ring, it happened, and you can't, you can't live down the fact that you saw all like three members of the Horsemen, the original Horsemen, on TV at the same time. You mean to tell me that Sans Ole Anderson, we can't have a moment with Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon on TNT one more time? Oh, that's the benefit that's going to come from this, and I'm 100% certain that Kanos is already working on it. 
Now so. that I have full confidence in him on. And you know what? Since we're on the subject, that's probably going to happen in New York. <laughs> Although New York isn't horseman country, damn it, it'd be, they're looking for slaps in the face for New York. Exactly. They shooting shot. They are shooting shots back and forth across the street at each other. Meanwhile, Kano ain't backing down, and Vince got that do rag energy. Mean. Meanwhile, all outs in Chicago or Hoffman Estates, and I guarantee you that's also that is Horseman Country. Perfect place that to do it. That's another thing. If you do it in Chicago, then people got to pay to see it. Yeah, there, there's that too. Um, Killian Dane, uh, Bray Wyatt. Kurtz, I'm sorry, let me go back in order. Let me go back in order. Okay. Ric Flair, right, Bray Wyatt, Killian Dane. Slow down because I gotta I gotta count which one of these are, are horrible decisions. Okay. Flair, not so much. All right. Kurt Stallion. August Gray. Bray a horrible decision. <laughs> Marina Shafir. Okay. The Bollywood Boys. Tyler mm. Breeze. Fondango. I don't, like, I don't like that one, but that's not a huge mistake. I think he'll be back at some point. Uh, if, if, no, if nothing else, I think he'll be back in NXT as a trainer. He's going into another conversation later on in the show. Okay. Um, Kurt Hawk. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, Fandango. Uh, Arturo, Arturo Huas. Tony Nice. Mm-mm. Aria Davari. Ever Rise. Braun Strowman. Yes. Another conversation later in the show. Oh my Huge God. Mistake. Huge mistake. Alistair Black. Huge mistake. Buddy Murphy. Huge mistake. Lana. Mistake, not huge. Her stock was going up. Yeah. Eh, That's another one where booking decisions was never going to let that fully develop. So I don't know how big of a mistake it is. But I mean, but you you can see that because we on this show, you've heard me wax poetic about how terrible she was as a talent. And and in that in that time frame, like in the, it may have even, even been about a year ago. But even now, like up to, up to the time that she was cut. Matter of fact, it was a year ago because she was in that not that garbage ass uh, angle with Bobby Lashley. Like she built her stock up from from literally nothing, nothing. to something. Yeah, and and WWE just didn't appraise the house. She, like she had the equity built up. WWE misappraised the house. Ruby Riot. I'm willing to. That's a bigger mistake than Lana. Not quite huge. Santana Garrett. Okay. Jessamine Duke. Okay. Andrade. Five. That there's your five right there. So now anything else is overkill. Um. Altright Snitsky. I'm good. Cutler. Mm, Steve. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Samoa Joe. That was such a huge mistake. They brought him back. Right, that's the only reason I'm not counting. That's the only reason I'm not counting is a huge mistake. So that we still at five. They brought they brought him back with a new deal under the, uh, within the ninety days. That's that's a take that that boy. <laughs> don't get you. You feel me? <laughs> Peyton, you feel me? Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Seven. Mickey James. Eight. And and how they let go of Mickey James was trash, literally. You you uh, you had someone campaigning to be Lily, and she was cut for it. Chelsea Green. Um, the good idea, the fact that she had that good idea, I like that. Doesn't make it a huge mistake. Plus, she's been a little injury prone, so I won't put that in the yes. huge mistake category. Yes. 
but that is a move that potentially could come back to bite them. I think she'll do better elsewhere because women's wrestling is actually, you know, it's more than four people everywhere else. Tucker Knight. I'm good. Kalisto. I wish him the best, but I'm good. Um, poor move if you're trying to expand and and uh, recruit more of a Hispanic and Latinx or, uh, audience. Not a huge mistake, just you know, not not great either. Bo Dallas. Nine. Part of another conversation. Well, I don't, I, I can't put him in huge huge mistake category. Like I had high hopes for him. He's obviously a serviceable individual, more than capable of performing. You had a lot of untapped potential and- And he's a, a third generation you talent. You don't get third right. generation snub, uh, scrubs out of nowhere. And, yeah, like and, they don't grow on trees. You know, and he's and he's not a scrub. He was made to be one. Like, yeah. a, again, part of another conversation later on in the show. We got a good one for so, you. Yeah, so I'm still at eight. Uh, Wesley Blake. Keep going. Uh, let me see here. Stand by. <laughs> uh, let's see here. There has to be more than this. <laughs> Somebody's listening to the show. Who is all right, Snitsky? <laughs> Google him, fam. <laughs> hey, if it's your first time with us, uh, it's Lars Sullivan. Oh, you should, you should, you should have did that. <laughs> I mean, there's editing. <laughs> you can edit it out. <laughs> now I'll leave it. Uh, I can reverse it. I can actually hit the new button that they. <laughs> that you they feel gave me? You you have reasons. Reasons. <laughs> You Let's you have here. different you have different things at your disposal if you just don't want that guy's name in the show. It's still. It's a, I, I know I didn't name their name all, that name all of them already. Is that was that forty two? Was it? I wasn't counting. Hell, it might have been. Eight, I counted eight. I counted eight huge mistakes. Yeah, that that might have been. I have to take another site because I'm down to April the fifteenth right now, and I'm just like, wait a minute, did I name them all? That wow, hold on. Um, oh, here's another. There's another list. Okay. Oh no, that's no. This is definitely not it. Um, let's see. Uh, let me go nah, with that, that, that Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. That goes all the way back to the post WrestleMania cuts. That might be everybody. Big Show. His contract expired. He left. He did. I don't feel like he. Yeah, got he didn't. Fired. Yeah, he didn't get fired because that's the same situation with Mark Henry. Yeah, those um, guys just, they didn't have a spot, air quotes, have a spot available for older talent because yeah, you can count Christian in that too. Mojo Raleigh. Um, I won't call it a huge mistake, but I will say that's, that was a terrible move just because one, he's your he's your gateway to Gronk. Uh, and, two, and two, you just had to find something for him to do because like, I felt like he had Cena-like qualities in his ability to one cut a certain type of promo and also to be involved on the other side of the business like making the appearances showing up having that energy he has you know like qualities in that respect uh kavita the v or devi i'm good vanessa born mm, not right now skylar story keep going uh ezra judge if they're all people who had made TV debuts in NXT, I can't say anything one way or the other. Don't don't, don't worry, I got more. Alexander Wolf. Mm, 
I I wasn't a fan of it, but not a huge. There, there's more po- there's more potential in that one being bad than how bad it actually was. Right. Uh, Velveteen Dream. I don't know if I want to call it a huge mistake because apparently he hasn't. He has been radio silent since his release. Which means <laughs> you think also you, you think he didn't need to be. I mean, yeah, but well, okay. I would say. I'm saying yeah, but at the same time, he also said he was about to be re- a lot more vehement about defending his innocence. Right. And I'm on. certain. I'm certain people have you know at least called to see, hey, what's your legal situation looking like? Once that's resolved, if it's resolved the way we would like, call us back. We might have some money for you. Um, Matt Parker. I'm sorry, Matt Martell. Keep going. Chase Parker. Keep going. That's pretty much it. So those are the other ones. There was a bunch of NXT releases. So eight and a possible. <laughs> <laughs> Dead ass. I, so I was I undershot how many huge mistakes they made. But as you see, like you can break that down to a percentage. A large portion of the people and since people cut are they don't necessarily hurt WWE very much, and it gives those talents an opportunity to go somewhere else where they where they will be used better used more often be able to get some seasoning uh refine their presentation possibly come up with a new gimmick um flesh out all of their creative ideas that weren't being used in stanford when we call it stanford because you know that's wwe world headquarters but in orlando if your stuff wasn't being used properly and you were cut during the thunderdome era you have an opportunity to go you know Freshen up, come back, sit down at the table, negotiate yourself something new. I mean, you did it for uh, who was that, that 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 made it? Actually, two people really got got refreshed in Impact and came back and and acted a fool. Um, well, if you want to count three, EC three was the first one, but he he they completely missed you. Actually, not even missed you. They just didn't use him in Excellent. WWE. His NXT career was amazing. His WWE career was there. He was there. You ruined it once. You let him go. He got back over, came back again. Didn't stay in NXT long enough, in my opinion, and then got called up to not be used at all and And, then released again. um, The other other two were uh, John Morrison and Drew McIntyre. Which all of those worked out. So you see there can be success stories with this. There is life after WWE. Especially for Drew because Drew was the chosen one and left and put on tons of size. Drew made a whole transformation. Yeah, he he, he did exactly what people wanted him to do 10, 11 years ago. John Morrison stayed the same. And he just fine-tuned his character, worked on his uh, his, his mic work and... Got back with his guy, and he, and, and Miz is Miz is helping him. Finally figured out how to adapt parkour into his actual in ring style, and not just the shit back backstage. And now he's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a different John Morrison. I mean, I hate to say this is he's probably got a few more years on his belt, and that's going to be about it for him, just because of the the severity of what parkour can do to your body. But man, he'll be in shape for the rest of his life, that's for sure. <laughs> and and then now the. Um the hilarity slash corniness of Johnny Drip Drip is going to make sure he keeps a job for a while. The drip stick, man. Like, people are going to, I swear to you, 
if WWE shops start selling dripsticks, <laughs> John Morrison will end up with a face turn and some sort of a title run. You can't say it's a world championship, but he's going to be prominently featured if they start selling dripsticks and that actually starts getting money. He actually has the possibility of dripsticks being, um, especially if they can, if we can stay outside in Vegas, if those dripsticks. We, we know we can't stay outside. Man, there's no. Oh. If, he can, okay, can you imagine SummerSlam where they, they're either giving out or selling dripsticks and people are just spraying water across the across the whole stadium? <laughs> In Vegas? <laughs> With well, masks on? Not now. Not now because we're you know, we close to being back inside. But just think about it. Yeah. I'm saying. Like, oh, it's, you know, ca it's, it's cash world. money for the 99 and 2000. Don't get it wrong. And 2000. <laughs> Do not forget the 2000. Man. <laughs> wow. Um, so eight, eight huge mistakes out of 42. But even, even still, like if you have eight, we'll say we'll just we'll throw out there nine. If you have nine huge, huge mistakes out of 42. Who's to say that you can't build a roster out of those 42? That is literally an organization. Yeah. AEW launched with far less than that. And that goes back to that conversation that Vince had. He's like, okay, I see you're willing to spend money to acquire talent that's been on our television. Let me let me uh, give <laughs> Gang Izcon the authority to start cutting cutting the fat, start churning the bottom of the roster. So now you've cut 43 people. A fifth of those were terrible decisions. <laughs> and and like And you given and you've given another billionaire in the same industry that has more money in another industry the ability to poach your talent because you're not using them. Dumbass. Now, maybe why, it's maybe now, it's now foresight on his part because Vince is the kingpin. Vince knows best ultimately. But again, like like you're about to say, Suave, why is that important? Because Vince has do rag energy at this moment. Do rag energy from Vince is a different type of vibe. He is playing chess. Now, to Kanos' credit. Because Gang is Khan is the Khan in the WWE building. Kanos is a, <laughs> Kanos is AEW's Tony Khan. Just for those of you who are just now joining us. I will snap my fingers. And just like that, you'll be gone. <laughs> exactly. He's, he is collecting the infinity stones of professional wrestling. And he is going to try to snap his fingers and ruin shit for do-rag vents. I will say he is very much, um, he is good about defending himself and his product. He's not going to take anything quietly, even though sometimes we say discretion is the better part of valor. Maybe you should just enjoy the success that you're having and keep building on it rather than going back and forth tit for tat with do-rag vents. I mean, because he's baiting you. You know, we're sick of the elite. We're sick of course of, we are. We're sick of the elite. But, but part of the reason we're sick of the elite is because they don't have as much opposition as they need. Do you do we get to a point? 
because we were comfortable watching WCW knowing it was old WWE hat that was being reinvented and reinvigorated back in the 90s. Do we get to a point where we forget where these people came from when they start popping up on AEW television? It depends on how soon they pop up on AEW television after being on WWE television and how much they modify their look, if any. Like Andrade, it's it's fresh. Malachi Black, very fresh. Um, Christian, very fresh. Hold on, back up. The freshest thing of all of this is Malachi Black. Because Christian Cage, we've seen before. It's the same person, same same attire, same name, different company. No, when I, I, when, I, when I say fresh, I mean the time period between their last appearance on WWE television and their first appearance on AEW. Okay, like, okay. And which, is, which is fine, which is fine. Still, my point remains because Christian Cage was, was a, even though he was only an impact for a couple of years, made quite the impact in those couple of years, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he was able he was able like John Morrison to go somewhere else, raise his stock to where it's like, oh, we need him back. Andrade was arguably one of the most talked about controversial releases that we've seen um <laughs> until un, until and uh Malachi well Alistair Black, now Malachi Black. What makes this so fresh, and not just like not in terms of last time we saw on WWE television, this might be the first time we've seen an injury storyline carry on across uh, different companies that did not involve a stopping in, in the independence. I can I can I can ride with that one. Like he's changed. Well, I won't say change. He's been given an opportunity to truly show what he's able to do. And because of that, it's fresh. But he looks exactly the same as he did on WWE television. There wasn't a long period where he wasn't being seen. It would be like, um, and what I mean by this, like, okay, fictitiously, say Seth Rollins got cut. And Seth Rollins takes six, eight Maybe even a full calendar year, but six to eight months, maybe a full calendar year before he does anything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't wrestle anywhere else. Then the first time you see him pop up on AEW television, he is completely bald. No facial hair, <laughs> no hair. No, I'm dead serious though. No, I'm facial, I'm no facial hair, no hair on his head. And he's doing i mean he's changed his gimmick up so it's not father rollins it's not burn it down seth rollins he's literally back 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 to being tyler black tyler that tyler that's the fresh i'm talking about yeah they, he looks like a completely different person than when he was there or like with drew mcintyre drew mcintyre did not look like when he came back did not look anything like he looked when he left no so that drew mcintyre no. had showed up in AEW before he ever went back to wwe that's the type of fresh i'm talking about mm. a complete makeover man oh boy <laughs> like uh like when if rich swan cut if he cut his dreads off and kept his beard or and went to a ball fade that that type of transformation <laughs> something that is huge and it makes you feel new again so that that's all i'm saying <sighs> rumors abound 
on AEW television this week, we saw the uh, the elite dressing and uh, doing some cosplay, if you will. Uh, we saw Hawaiian sure. shirts from the young the young bucks. We saw a robe. No, 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 no. no, no. We oh. saw Hawaiian rompers. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't. I need, I need you. To, I, I need you to put the full accent on that. I didn't need to unpack that. <laughs> I did. I did not need to unpack that. Oh wow! Hawaiian rompers. I mean, the, those grown those grown men were wearing rompers. Uh, re, uh, a robe, a gold robe, with with sunglasses on. There was more to that picture. Uh, <laughs> that I, that I feel like a hundred percent was given to Gallows by Conrad Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I, I, I did ass. I did ass feel like Conrad. Who loaned him that robe for the sake of what they were doing? The because Conrad and Tony Khan are friends. Conrad's been on episodes of AEW. Conrad he is a flair. He's a flair he in law. Yes, he, he is. <laughs> he is a flair in law. He's also um, he's got podcast with hot, two of the lead announcers for Dynamite. Yeah, Tony Schiavone and and Jim Ross. So I mean, hell. He might as well be in the front office at some point. He might as well be producing AEW's podcast. Honestly, <laughs> I figured it, it might be part of his network, but I mean, let's just face it: their sound quality ain't like this. They 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 don't have this. <laughs> it was 1986, <laughs> South Beach. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather came into McDonald's, ordered eight thousand chicken nuggets. Now that's a champion. Now that's a champion. <laughs> Batman team. Oh man, some shit never gets old. <laughs> Yo, all right. So we were talking about other conversations earlier, and there's a lot more to go on because we still got some rap to talk about too. Um. Oh wait, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I wasn't even done with that whole, that whole uh, elites thing. There was also what, what was what was the what, what was the uh, the reference to uh, to CM Punk? Oh, uh, uh, it was something. Uh, Kenny Omega with the Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. Yes. And then uh, there was one. There was a Daniel Bryan uh, Easter egg in there too. Unless uh, let me look at this photo. I'll see if I can find one for Daniel Bryan. Cutler's got a red sweatsuit. Um, yeah, uh, Anderson has on a shirt that says "Butter Chicken Forever." <laughs> Wait, who who has that on? Uh, Anderson. Well, my, Daniel Bryan's vegan, so that might be it. It's a reach. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's a Daniel Bryan correlation from this whole troll situation. Okay. All right. Well, either either way, whole whole lot of trolling going on here. Uh, a lot of trolling, yeah. <laughs> bow, bow. <laughs> uh, but speaking of like promos, man. Oh man, it, 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 we're getting out of hand here, man. Uh, Max Caster, Max Castering, like he usually does, mentions. Two very unsavory topics, maybe even three, one of which included rape on live television. 
Well, it's not technically uh, live. Well, I'm television. sorry. It was AW Dark. It's YouTube. Yeah. It's big difference. Yeah. Huge, di- huge, huge difference. But it still it prompted Tony Khan to go on Bust Open and talk about how he he'll be handling the editing going forward. Well, look, well, Kanos, who one who's handling the editing? Two, why haven't you been doing it all this time? Like you refuse to let people write your television, so why would you let anybody edit your YouTube show? Which uh, on top pay- of that, that 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 that's do rag energy from Vince right there. That's what that is because. Like the same way people treat, or the same way people accuse Vince of treating NXT is the same way Tony Khan is treating uh, AEW Dark. And then with a statement like that, that basically says that I wasn't paying attention and the the the, the shoot the the, uh, the train went off the rails. Um, <laughs> so so there have been a lot of people who've been cut behind like a a spur of the moment um, mishap and mishap. <laughs> that came back to bite him. Who was uh was Abraham Washington that got cut for mentioning Kobe? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah, like this isn't the first time this has happened in wrestling, but in 2021, I almost feel like this has to be like partial work because nobody can be this stupid. <laughs> like nobody should be this stupid. In okay, we have this thing that we're working on. It's a side project. It encompasses everything that you're not supposed to say. So that's the safe space for that. And we're going to use that to, you know, educate and entertain. However, and, and, and at the same time, not just educate and entertain, but do it responsibly, not right. trying to mask it behind the title of what it is, because it could get us that. It, the pro, and, and, and the whole point is not to use that title to protect us. It, it's it's more um, educational and uncensored entertainment than it is uh, a smokescreen for hate. Uh, exactly. Uh, matter of fact, there. <laughs> that part. So, I I really do feel like you see all these people taking these L's, uh, getting all types of sponsorships taken away. Like anything that falls into that sweet spot, I'll call it. Anything that hits that sweet spot is grounds for you to lose everything. According to John Q. Public and Gen Pop in 2021, anything that falls into the sweet spot, it's like the Bermuda Triangle. Everything you have and you can disappear. (laughs) (laughs) So because of that, I don't understand how anybody, whether written or spur of the moment would let something like that come out of their mouths simply if for no other reason than to protect your own ass so this this goes into when 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 life imitates art max caster gets 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 ridiculed by his i guess the person who cuts his checks and then also gets cut from indie bookings. Meanwhile, rapper the baby suffering the same fate from ill-timed uh, comments, Ill- ill-timed, um, ill-advised, Ill-time, not, ill-advised, non-threatening, non-inflammatory, 
and but tasteless comments. Yeah, I, I need to hear the exact. I need to hear the audio from him saying that so I can know exactly what was said because as I say all the time, with me, words matter. That so the, yeah. we're in and in the English language, it's more than just words matter. Words and inflection of said words matter. Words, inflection, delivery, context, all of the above. All all that matters in the grand scheme of the delivery and the intent of said delivery. That said, we are also not living in the 60s, 70s, or 80s when, because we grew up in an era, not to excuse anything, so don't think we're doing that. And with this conversation, this conversation will go a little bit deeper into detail on, on the other show. We know how to hold people accountable and hold feet to the fire on situations that need to, but we also know how to call a spade a spade. If but, something doesn't doesn't fall into the sweet spot for us, then we're not going to put it there just because you want it there. There are far more people who are able to drop an N-bomb now than were people who freely fl- flew the inflammatory F-bomb in the 80s. Let that resonate for a second. And this is the part where I opt out because then I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a tangent. So no, yeah, yeah, and and but, that tangents for for the other show, so that's fine. It, it, exactly. So part of what makes me think this is a work is the fact that what we just said, the baby made worldwide news and has you know lost some uh, some festival placements. A couple sponsorships. He's issued an apology and gotten started to to get some of that back. But at, at how much seems, how much apologizing are you going to be able to do though? Like not not enough to get back where you were, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can't go further than where you were projected. But when your team is shit, right? Like your team is trash. If you have a team, you're surrounded by yes men who don't care about your bag. The only thing they care about the bag is the fact that if you get to hold it, you get to hold a stack that's in said bag and spend it. You care about going yeah, out I mean, and reaping the, reaping the benefits of, of the bag that's being collected. But when the- I can't, necessarily, I can't necessarily say that about the baby, only because it was, it was literally like, you didn't sit down in an interview and say this, you got caught, you got caught up in the moment and said something that was either on your mind or on your heart, but the way it came out offended a lot of people. Right. Versus this was a pre-planned, plotted, or strategized situation and you're sitting down in an interview. Like, it's not even as bad as as what got Kevin Hart taken off the uh, Oscars. Say that again. <laughs> like, literally, what the baby did from what I've understood now, I got to hear the actual audio. I've had the the quote relayed to me, but I always like to hear the, you know, from the horse's mouth. What he's in trouble for is not as bad on any scope as what Kevin Hart said that got him cut from the Oscars. And what Kevin Hart said that got him cut from the Oscars was, what's the word I'm looking for? Selective. <laughs> this, this was also selective. It was just the fact of more people opened it up and gave it more energy than it should have been. It should have had. And, like, and it was a similar situation. Like Kevin Hart was on like a, a another world trajectory. Same thing with the baby. He's like the biggest art. He's the biggest artist in 
America. He's the biggest rap artist in America. And I know some people are gonna gonna weigh in and do different stuff, but Drake's not as active as he was before. And, and he's no, got a, he's nor got does, an album coming. Nor does he have to be. Back nine. <laughs> yeah, say, nor, nor does he have to be. Exactly. Uh, At this point, like rap is shouldn't even be his main main focus. He's too talented in other situations. It's time for him to start doing movies. And then the baby also doubled down and kept making more more ridiculous comments. Because so. of the backlash. It's like everyone starts attacking him and when you're attacked, most of the time your initial reaction is not to try to defuse the situation, it's to defend yourself. And when you when you're on the defensive, that usually means you go on the offensive. <laughs> and speaking of defense and offense in the rap world, we did have a versus battle this week inside Madison Square Garden with, with the locks and dipset. Now that that's the shit that was over from the intros. <laughs> you know what you know what took me out more than anything else? What's that? Jenicus uh, made the uh said the line about uh I, I got cast to go to jail to get the teeth fixed and pointed at Joel Santana. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm still watching. I haven't made it to that part yet. Oh, man. But from uh, what I have watched, literally, this was over at the intros. The production value on the lock side versus the show production value from Dipset, night and day. Those of you who are in the DFW Metroplex area, it is akin to a, a concert at AAC versus a concert at the now no longer with us in Deep Ellum Gypsy T room. <laughs> and no disrespect to any any Deep Ellum uh, venues that house hip hop, we appreciate you. But we do know some of these venues they they welcome hip hop in because we bring in a certain uh, amount of finances. But their clubs are not set up for hip hop performances. They, their, their speakers, their sound systems—they're all tailored for rock music. Rock music does not come out of a speaker the same way hip hop does. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Which There's... means a lot of times you got to go to those venues with a CD or <laughs> flash drive or however you're playing your show disc, where. You're just performing full songs. You don't have the luxury of saying, "Now nah, I'm gonna take my vocals off of this because, you know, I want to stay true." Air quotes, true to the art. Now it's like I don't know what the sound system gonna hit like. So just in case these mics are trash and they can't hear me, at least the song will be playing. Man, like those are the type of crucial decisions you have to make in this city when you're doing the independent circuit. Things have gotten much better because we have more venues that are more geared and, and aimed towards hip-hop and its performances and its fans but there there's there's a period that you can refer to as the dark ages where it's like uh, you gotta take you gotta take your chances and most of the time you realize as a performer it's not worth taking the chance i'll take the criticism for so-called performing over uh my own vocals, vocals yeah Truthfully, you suck me because you're not in this position. But you know that's that's the way love goes, or whatever Janet Jackson said. Right on. So we we go from um, from mixtape activity to a mixtape. We have yet to talk about uh, what, what, what I teased earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. about conversations 
related to certain talent. And this is something that's, that's pretty serious as like we talked about earlier, Adam Cole was rumored to have a, uh, a contract that expired early in the years working on a, on a per per show, per appearance deal or, or handshake deal, as the case may be, that takes him through takeover this month. Um, also rumored to be out of there coming soon would be Pete Dunn or having a, con- a contract expire, not necessarily out of there, but a contract expire soon is Pete Dunn. Uh, we saw earlier this year what happens when you let a contract expire and and people will you know go elsewhere we also see uh see you see what happened uh when you don't follow the terms of what your contract should be and people go elsewhere which is <laughs> an appearance the following week on tv <laughs> like this this is that old school this is old school nitro energy here but that said people are forgetting the prowess of some of these people that have been released. That said, NXT Hall of Fame. This is a topic that no one has talked about. I mean, because they're not us. I got a few names that would belong in the NXT Hall of Fame. And I can start with Bo Dallas. Okay, that's an interesting choice. Uh, where does where do, what? Give me your reason for Bo Dallas. Two hundred eighty days as NXT champion. Okay, I thought he was the first, but apparently that honor goes to Seth Rollins. But he was uh, also, which for all intents and purposes, if you were dope in FCW, you had a you were earmarked for success in NXT for the most part. Uh. It, regardless, though, Bo Dallas was still at that time, and you know he was the, the longest reigning NXT champion at 280 days uh, during the time he was the champion. That's a pretty phenomenal feat for someone who's an afterthought at this point. Who you got? I'm gonna take um, the MVP of the last what three, four years in NXT. I'm gonna take Adam Cole. <laughs> Why? I mean, why not? You know what I'm saying? It just it just makes sense. Like Adam Cole had, is he might be the the greatest NXT talent ever. That's arguable. That, that that's arguable. That's, I, you know what? I feel like that's a tournament for us. Ooh, ooh, because because my my next pick for for this mixtape would also be argued as the greatest NXT talent ever. And that's Finn Balor. Finnegan. <laughs> this this man was uh, the man in Japan. Came to NXT right as AJ was going into Japan and made quite the name for himself. And uh became the uh NXT champion not once but twice. And as as if you want to throw a cherry on top, not that this even matters for this conversation, but he was the first WWE Universal Champion. Who else you got, Swab? Um, let me go with Tommaso Ciampa. Mmm, mmm. Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa for a stretch best heel in wrestling by far, bar none. Um, uh, a supreme talent. His his. He might be NXT 
Hall of Fame just based on his rivalry with Johnny Gargano. I was going to say, you can't have Dusty without having Flair. And, and so his flair or, or Dusty, depending on how your perspective is for, for Champa, is Johnny Gargano. He's also on my list. I like it. I um, like it. They, they, they came in as a tag team. They split up and had a blood feud that lasted damn near three years. That's not something that happens on mainstream uh, pro wrestling today. That's something that we saw as commonplace with mid Carters back in the 80s. You don't see yeah. that today as old <laughs> that, school. That, that's straight off of World Championship Wrestling circa 1986. <laughs> For the National Heavyweight Championship. Shit like uh <laughs> shit like, like Ron the Garver West, versus the Black Western Bart. States Heritage title. <laughs> Barry Barry Windham versus Nelson Royal type shit. <laughs> that type. So yeah. So cause to me, Johnny Gargano literally is NXT. He can be really good, which means NXT can be really good. Then he can also be not so much which nxt now is like not so much <laughs> uh, it's like nxt is like eh. <laughs> yeah it's like it's ebbs and flows and like johnny gargano can be the most sympathetic baby face and work the some of the most entertaining matches in takeover history and then he can also be what he is with the way which you know depends on your preference uh, give me give me another one um slept on Sami Zayn. Ooh. Okay. Sami Zayn, I mean, for the longest. He was the Tommy Dreamer of NXT. He was the guy that, that would, you know, he, of course, his, his uh, work rate is probably ranked higher than Tommy's, but he would always. Uh, That's debatable, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, we, they would always put on great showings. He would always kind of come up short because he was the lovable loser until he finally did win the title. And when he did win the title, his best friend turned on him and tried to maim him. Man. Um, how about. Just because of his impact to the organization, not that he had a long run, but his impact to the organization is still felt now because we're not seeing this version of this man anymore. The only person I could be talking about on this, it would be Japanese legend prior to showing up who made quite the impact, quite the mark on, on, on NXT, Shinsuke Nakamura. Ah, if they had just continued what we saw on NXT television. There we go. We would be counting money right there we, now. There we go. International. Shinsuke is on my list too. Man. American Shinsuke is on my list. So, yeah, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm going to make I'm going to argue you to the death about the greatness of those four people. I don't want to hear anything else you have to say. And then I have, I think I have one more. And I. So you gonna take my turn like that? No, no, no. Go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You know who belongs in the NXT Hall of Fame that isn't there anymore? Who? FTR. Bruh. Yeah. The they... revival. The revival. Absolutely, one hundred percent belong in the tag team wing of the NXT Hall of Fame. Yeah, not not just that because the Vaude villains 
were the first ones to really revolutionize it. it actually, I, let let's let's run down the list: the Vaud Villains, American uh, Alpha, American Alpha, uh, Murphy, and uh, uh, Blake, okay. uh, and uh, uh, the Ascension. Those four teams revolutionized what it is to be a tag team in NXT. They they had homegrown tag teams destroyed in NXT. Those four teams did. Like there was a tag team of twins. What was their name? Exactly. You forgot about them. Even Street oh, Profits. AO, shout out to AOP. AOP is another one. Um like though five so that's five so six so six six bruh I'm I'm saying this aloud. Six tag teams Six tag teams. In fact, you know what? I'll, I'll raise you one, Suave. You said FTR, and I, I and I love that. I'm going to raise you one on that. How about every tag team before FTR also include DIY? The tag team division of NXT belongs in the NXT Hall of Fame. Hell, hell, if Enzo and Cass oh, might God. be better in NXT. Ooh. Come on, man. <laughs> so, so okay, just make a tag team win, cause there's there's entirely too many. Cause okay, you hear a lot of people now and like, oh, AEW has the greatest tag team collection ever. I would put, I would put NXT's what 2016 tag team division against whoever you want to name now, and would smoke AEW. <laughs> you could, you could, you could. I mean, break down, break down, roll and smoke. We could do we could do an NXT Hall of Fame tournament for the the people that we're naming up for the mixtape and just in the tag team separately and still give you two shows. Two tournaments. <laughs> we'll take AEW's current tag team roster and then we'll pick the year we want from the NXT from NXT for their tag team roster. We'll hammer that out tournament style and we will go through and figure out who is the greatest NXT superstar of all time. Wow. You know, and, oh, now that we're on the subject, guess who else belongs in the NXT Hall of Fame? I, I can tell you, uh, 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 I, I get man, it's, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna start with Bianca Belair, but go ahead, Oscar, reinvented herself. <laughs> we got to take care of the ladies. Uh, Oscar, Bianca Belair, Charlotte, Sasha Banks and Bailey, basically the the four horsewomen, all of them, except except for except for Becky. Becky didn't find herself so much later. Yeah, and, and by much later you mean like WWE TV. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely the one that she was like one of these doesn't belong, and she was definitely the odd woman out. Um, yeah, it, it just took her a while to find herself. Bailey was who she was, and, and it her NXT persona translated perfectly to main roster. Same with Sasha Banks. Same with Bianca Belair because they're big, over the top personalities that really just need a bigger stage to perform on versus being a um a really good talent but not quite sure how we want to present you or you don't have that you haven't had that you magnified times 10 moment and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you somebody else too just on a on a character standpoint there wasn't a bigger character at the time than blue pants wow <laughs> blue pants <laughs> I, I mean hey while we're on the subject the Shield and the Wyatt family belong in the NXT Hall of Fame. As units? The Wyatt family for certain. I don't believe the Shield was all together quite 
the way they debuted and what they went on to become. So I won't I won't use the shield, but the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt was doing the the gimmick he arrived to television with in NXT, which is another reason I do not understand how you let this happen. He's homegrown. He he gave you the gimmick, gave you the gimmick. Third generation superstar. You're the only person who's ever had him on television. You took him through the original NXT game show concept as Husky Harris, put him in Nexus, had him leave, come back, join CM Punk's version of Nexus. That didn't work. He goes down to NXT, completely revamps and re, uh, re, um, Reinvigor reinvigorates, re-energizes. Re yeah, all of those re-words. Because <laughs> all of that comes back as like Wailing Mercy 2.0 mixed with Cape Fear and, and Backwoods Moonshine Brewer. <laughs> completely revolutionizes promos for this era and like you still found a way to mess this up and his f grandfather because bitch Texas Black Jack Mulligan his like how do you, father, how do you ruin this and his father was working for the company Mike what? Rotunda ah so much disrespect and is Mike Rotunda a Hall of Famer yet should be if he's not i mean because he was a tag team champion he is one of the few success stories from the occupational era like he and barry windham were a tag team for god's sake that man was a a, a certified public accountant <laughs> man listen at any rate, we we could go on and on, but yeah, that NXT definitely we we got to give it um, a couple of tidbits. Um, what do we think about Charlotte all but dropping a uh, a god bomb on Monday Night Raw? Um, you tell me what you think because I don't really remember watching it. And that's pretty much it. She. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much it. She she went full Lesnar in the main. Now I didn't hear any part or any promo she cut before the main event. She went full Lesnar on Nikki Cross, which it was the same thing that we always see and we always say about Charlotte. It looks like it, when something doesn't go quite to her liking, she gets aggressive and starts taking liberties. In this situation, it worked because it looked like she was literally a, a class and a half above Nikki or well, Nikki Ash. Yeah. Um, so it, so it worked out when the fluke victory happened. It was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. I mean, but all this started with with some nonsense anyway. I mean, like, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, here I am with the rules again. When you when you do a cash in, the person must be on their feet when you start the match. Who said that? It's been a rule for years. It's just within the last couple years that hasn't been a rule. I've never. Well, okay. They had to get up to start the match, but I didn't realize that was a rule to cash in. Like when they ring the bell, they they so called allow the competitor to get to their feet. But truth be told, I mean, if I'm cashing in, I don't care. I, I give. I give two fucks too. I'm with you. But like, 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 if you go in and say cash in, somebody's on their back. Like, you have to get them up to start the match, right? And that didn't happen with Charlotte. Because one, one guy when Seth Rollins cashed in, wasn't one guy in the air? Yep. 
<laughs> one guy was up in the air on another man's shoulder. So, I mean, hey, call it what you want. So, if, <laughs> if you want to sharpshoot, that'll do it. Uh, Cody and Malachi, what do you do? We think that Cody's going to be gone for a while because Cody got to hand it to him and then cut a promo as long as the match was. Why? Why, why are we doing this? So, really elaborate work to get to a match it all out. Okay. When truthfully, if we're dealing with the whole idea of long-term storytelling, I do realize you're dealing with TV and you're trying to pop a rating on TV. So having Cody versus Malachi Black on t TNT is a good move for your television relationship. However, for your professional wrestling vibe that you're trying to get people to buy a pay-per-view soon, you could have just ha continued to have interaction between those two until you get to All Out and then have the match. Now, I don't think Cody would have gotten dog walked had you waited until the pay-per-view. <laughs> but <laughs> because you decided to pull the trigger for AEW Homecoming and you're setting up the return match for the pay-per-view and you're not going to beat Malachi Black in his first match out, you dog walked Cody. Very reminiscent to the way John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, who is no longer with us, dog walked Cody for his first TNT title run when Cody went off to go film a TV show. Listen, and if, come come back with black hair and then change it back to blonde a week later. If you're gonna if you're gonna dog walk somebody, the last thing we want to do is hear him on the mic afterwards. What that, you mean? I didn't I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> like you didn't you did not have to cut that promo after that match. Like that that's hot shotting. <laughs> the very definition of hot shotting. You could have come out a week later, cut that same promo, gotten ready to leave your boots in the ring and had Malachi Black stop you from saying I'm retiring. Cause that's essentially what it was. He cut Cody cut this long um it it all made sense, but it was a very long and drawn out promo. Almost seemed like something they were gonna you would have done after the cameras went off awesome you know bonus content vibe mm -hmm. but then um yeah you could have waited a week just just do it a week later but they did it all then he cut this long promo started unzipping his boots like you know the whole thing about they say when you're when a wrestler retires you leave your boots in the ring that's akin to what the undertaker did leaving his gloves hat and coat in the ring yeah, everything but his ring his uh but his but his uh but his boots Right. We we need those to walk up this ramp. You can't walk up that ramp in socks. <laughs> unless you're I, unless you're on a stretcher. At any rate, uh <laughs> do we care and then, and then you not walking up the ramp, they walking you up the ramp. Do we do we care about uh do we care about uh Dave Batista bankrupting himself while he's still on the contract? I think that's cap. <laughs> I but look I could be wrong, but the way the way I read the the excerpt was like he was <laughs> he had blown all and it's not funny. If it's true, it's not funny. But he had blown all his money from wrestling and he was almost bankrupt and broke. And I'm like, you let your contract expire. There's no way if I'm broke. And on the verge of bankruptcy, bankruptcy and destitute, am I gonna let my WWE contract expire to go <laughs> maybe get on in Hollywood? 
But is this more of a cautionary tale of like gambling on self or just like mismanagement of funds? It's it's the Antoine Walker story. Had he not got on in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> he, he may not have he may not have blown a hundred million, but he he blew a sizable amount. If it's if it's true and it happened exactly the way he says, it's like, dude, you got off TV. Okay, put it like this: Batista was as hot of a character as he had ever been when he left WWE TV. The, the Hollywood, self-entitled, arrogant prick was gold on television. <laughs> him, in the, him in the wheelchair, demanding the spotlight. That was the best Batista that WWE had put on television since he left Evolution. Man. And you walked away from that. Let your contract expire. Say, I'm, I'm finishing up. I'm done. Apparently they couldn't work out no new deal. If you're on the brink of bankruptcy, I, I would at least sit at the table and listen, see how much you can give me just so I can I can hold what I got. But <laughs> you you say no to that. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Hollywood, see what pops, and just so happens you perfectly fit the casting for Drax the Destroyer. And that movie role changed your financial outlook. <laughs> and you know, luckily now for, to the point. Now to the point. You pushing for a Drax series and or movie for Disney Plus. Luck, luckily for him, his uh, his star power shined brighter following the, uh, the 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 leaving of WWE because I mean the Man with the Iron Fist was his first uh, motion picture role. It wasn't his starring role, but it was his first major motion picture role, and it was a good one. RZA yes. looked out for him on that one. Um, I, I I love RZA as like a. Um, for, I love RZA for movie scores and maybe one or two movie roles. But other than that, it, I dread seeing my guy on the casting list. Have you seen Nobody? No. He pulls out a masterful cameo on that. Not, not even cameo, a masterful co-starring role in that one. And see, like my, my favorite RZA role is in American Gangster. <laughs> that might be one of my favorite T.I. roles <laughs> and T.I. you see some, what I'm saying he's got some like, T.I. got some good stuff in there too that one might be one of my favorites I want to be like you Uncle Frank <laughs> but why you ain't show up for the meeting with the Yankees but yes like American Gangster he does a great role but then like anything uh, <laughs> Japanese themed or samurai themed it's like mm, beat my head against the wall like uh, man with the Iron Fist, um, he was in a G.I. Joe movie too, and I'm like, this ain't it. This yeah. this is not it. This is rough. When you but, see when you yeah. see him in Nobody, you just, he, like it, it, it's going to hit you different. Okay, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. What if you if you have access to it, go out of your way to watch it. Uh, you you and the missus will absolutely love it. That's that's what one is, of, that, what, that that what might platform be. Platform is it on? Um. Yes, find one. <laughs> I know it's in, I know it's in on, theaters. I, I just I mean I get I get my viewing a different kind of way, but you know everything is digital too. So I mean you you find you search for you'll That's be able to find it. As a matter of fact, let me, I need to know what. Let me I find need to know it which right. Which the top platform yeah. is on? Yeah, we gonna find it right. I'm now. not gonna go digging through the crates for a Rizzo movie. I, I, I told think, you. I think Apple uh, will have it on on there too. Because um, I'm I'm having like I'm having fifty fifty uh, results. With uh, with my guy, 
with my guy and his acting. So oh, it's I, everywhere. Yeah. Apple TV Plus, uh, Google Google Play Movies, Amazon Prime, Vudu, YouTube. It's everywhere. How much is this? Because obviously Six dollars. That, that sounds like a new release, huh? Yeah, so, yeah it is a new release. <sighs> yeah, like it's, like it's still in theaters now, but you know, people ain't going out. Not everybody back outside. I, I don't know if I feel like <laughs> parting with any of my hard-earned American dollars for uh, for uh, <laughs> a RZA co-star movie. Well, there's there's a couple of things. The, the main character's name is Hutch Mansell. What? <laughs> you lied. Hutch Mansell. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm reading. Oh, my God. His name is Hutch Mansell. <laughs> I'm literally just the first, the first words in the plot. Well, I'm reading the plot. It's Hutch Mansell. That seems should, ordinary. That should sell you alone. However, that's not the selling point. The the fact that this is one of the only new. In fact, this is the only newer movie within the last probably five or ten years that I can tell you off the top of my head. I've watched at least three times in full from start to finish. Yikes! So this. <laughs> Ah oh, man, so apparently one of the the pl- uh, screenwriters for this is a wrestling fan, Hutch Mansell. <laughs> they just didn't call him dirty. Uh, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, uh, actually two two things. Not finally. Uh, first off, speaking of going from uh, Dave Bautista to another MMA superstar, Ronda Rousey. What the hell is she talking about? <laughs> a trigger woman out here getting active. She was so she, those, pay, pay, she was paying tribute to uh, to Bray Wyatt while doing the one thing that she was known for doing at nauseum, which is talking about WWE fan base, the universe, uh-huh. if you will, for chanting for beach balls during his matches at one point to uh, you know then cheering for for we want Wyatt on Monday Night Raw and wants the fans to make up their mind. This. I recall vividly the fans chanting for beach balls during her promos. Again, I feel like this is part of a bigger work because ever since, ever since uh, Trigger Woman, and I, I use that nickname for Ronda Rousey in high regard. This is not a, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to defame her in any way. It's just Trigger Woman because when she comes out, Wait, she come out shooting. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If we gonna, if we gonna talk about Trigger Woman, there's only one beat that goes with that. There you go. All I'm saying. But uh, when Trigger Woman decides to speak on something, she going to shoot and she going to shoot from the hip and she not shooting blanks. <laughs> so ever since she left um, WWE after WrestleMania 35, all of her commentary and all of her, her um, content has been aimed at being a heel that feels as though she's bigger than the company she works for, which I love it. It's it's Lesnar without Heyman doing the talking. But it's she she it's are these are these hormones though? Cause we know she ain't coming back for at for at least a year. I don't think it's hormones. I think it's just like she's keeping the gimmick alive. It's no different than when Goldberg decides to do uh, a podcast or a YouTube video with somebody totally unrelated to wrestling but brings up Roman Reigns. It's I'm keeping <laughs> the money alive for when I decide to pull up. Uh, there's going to be a bag I think um, in about 15 months there'll be a bag for Connor as well um, 
Connor got to hurry up and make a decision before he wash up all his credibility. Like his drawing power, it's not waning. It's just waning in UFC. He, I think he's done in UFC. Nah, I, he gonna fight at least one more time. He, he's not gonna want to go out of UFC with an L because that's gonna be the first thing they bring up when he starts shooting on people in WWE. But they're gonna have to do it on pay per view and they have to give him a hammer nagger to do it. And he's going to want main event cap. They're not going to be able to find a, a person that's going to draw as much as that name with that name is, unless it's a Diaz, and they don't want to chance that. He's going up. He's going to try to fight the same fight he just lost. Now, in his mind, he's going to win. In real life, he's going to take another L, and then he's going to have to walk off into the sunset because it's not going to be what people think it is. Like, okay. Conor McGregor has become, for a, a certain type of sports fan, this is another one of those things that falls into the sweet spot. He has become, for a certain type of sports fan, what Floyd Mayweather is to another group of sports fans. However, Floyd's never lost. <laughs> Very like true. The, <laughs> the things about Conor that draw that group of people to him are the same things that they hate about Floyd Mayweather. They hate him for that. But they're drawn to Connor for it. Difference is Floyd's never lost. No matter how many goofy situations he gets into, no matter <laughs> what he does as a as a person away from boxing, he has never lost a fight. A professional fight. This is true. And one of them is including Connor. Uh finally then this is the, the for sure the last one. Word is Ruby Riot may be finding a new home. Good. That good, home, good, that good. home may be in Jacksonville. AEW needs more women. They need more capable women. They need to fill out that division. Uh, Britt Baker needs challengers. Britt Baker needs allies. She needs enemies. You have to build that. Look, we're we're done with the Japanese schoolgirl era. <laughs> I don't need an entire I don't need an entire roster of Japanese women that don't speak very much English on a, an American broadcasted television show. And I know some people are going to be offended by that, but you have to really pay attention to what I'm saying. And what's what's the uh what's the lady who uh who was basically all but retired and after after an injury on Monday Night Raw that was going back to Japan anyway and Nia Jax took her out. Uh, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane. Every AEW Japanese woman reminds you in some way of Kyrie Sane and it's not by style more so than none, it is by physical appearance. None of them are as good as Kyrie Sane. This is a fact. Uh, I would I would take her Karushita, keep her, let her be the one, and that's it. Because, okay, WWE has, what, five or six um, people of, of oriental descent? Uh, oriental? That's a rug. That's not a group of people, sir. What the hell is wrong with you? You Fred Sanford? Asian. That's sweet spot. <laughs> that, that, that's an example of the sweet spot. I was trying to educate people. He just trolled the hell out of me. I, went, oh, I walked right into that wall. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, it, it's perfect. It, it, it works exactly. If we were still doing 60 second clips for Instagram, that would be it. That one might, we might have to bring it back for that one. We might have to. But yes. People of Asian descent 
there's a what about five on WWE's rosters? Uh, Asuka, Zia Lee, Io Shirai. Io Shirai, yeah. Uh, and then That's there's three. there's a guy on the on the NXT roster. Just count the women. Just count the women. Oh, that okay, I'm done in three. Unless, three. Unless, then, unless we're unless we're talking for the Indian. sake of argument. Go ahead. Unless we're talking Indian, I believe uh, Aaliyah. I'll count. Sure, why not? And then there is count there, her too. And then what's what's your man that uh, that just made it to Monday Night Raw? Oh, you said just the women. Dang, just um, women, just just women of Asian descent. And I'll even count Kyrie Sane, just because, like, I think they're still connected somehow. Not they're not totally separated. She just went back home to be with her husband, but. That's five. And somebody will say, well, they don't have that Oscar. in AEW. <laughs> right. All those women, all those women are spread across three brands. Piss poor representation. Totally piss poor representation. They're not all booked well. But what I'm saying is you can't get the overload syndrome because they're spread out. They're not all, and they're not always having to interact with each other. They don't dominate one particular part of any one program. That's that's reserved for like Charlotte and whoever else. There it is. And on that note, show brokenpistolbc.com, brokenpistolbc at gmail.com, and on all social media platforms, that's at brokenpistolbc on who what? Everything. 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 Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, the homeboy Pion. Shouts out to PS the Rebels. The homeboy Pion sent me a um, a new record of theirs called Sheesh. And you'll agree once you hear it. We're going to end this show off with that bad boy right there. In the meantime, shouts out JTG. Uh, rest in peace, One Self Salam. Rest in peace, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Suave, do what you do. Take us to the house. First of all, I'd like to say if you let Adam Cole's contract expire, you are absolute garbage. Um, the same goes for Pete Dunne. Um, I don't, and all of these things are happening because you took Triple H out of the position that he was in. He was in charge of ha- talent acquisitions. You gave that job to somebody else, and now people's contracts are coming up shout. Pencil pushers. Heads up. Pencils down. Worst podcast you've ever done. It's trash. (laughs) The Rebels. Sam, you will. We got the same birthday. Uh, Pion, there you go. P.S. Rebels. I learned from the poor righteous teachers The feed is no longer an option for these features Black, no cream of the fact that I'm so eager The hungry East African snacker through your speakers I got dealers, scholars, and killers around me So becoming a rebel wanted in your city or county Really don't wound me I'm from a village to town near you I'm here to collect I'm fulfilling a bounty Look, from international down to the locals Everyone around knows Sammy ill with the vocals Hope go smash on the session of Pro Tools And I'm repping my roots just Part of the protocols, I didn't vote, not at all My article's a confession What if I just bought the next election Like they do, and choose my own presidential Candidates to represent them I'm the real black symbiote, Samuel Venom My momentum leveled up, keep going, we'll let them up It's like the UFC in this game of life How we set them up, to fail Etc, etc, et I said it raw And you heard it here first from Jaws of the Predator Send that straight to print No editor, serve them like haters Amazing with the fuel of a hater does Honestly, it's like a major Rush, I need it. See, I'm African, and they ain't no saviors for us. Nah, and they ain't no saviors for us.
Pie huh? Let's yeah. go. See, I learned from ancestral alchemy African royal dynasty anointed in ceremonial boundaries True my my rebel, nothing about me Cowardly, I smoke my wee wee before I go devour beats My inner demons surrounding me And they growling me The way I stand my ground, you be proud of me See moss for the allergies Heart pumping kerosene Cause they don't care to see Or treat us with courtesy Please, okay Google Now tell me why they rappers now softer than ramen noodles And I was built up from my skin rough just like a loofah And what I've been through is maybe go cock a doodle and shout out to the producer I'm a nuisance, the type to eat some mooses in Bermuda, out here with lion snakes gorillas and barracudas, na lazima ni takula, kabla ni jakufa niliruka, lakini siku wonguka sababu tulijifunza, kuishi maisha yako kama shuja, hakuna mungu hapa anakuja, amuka wana danganya, wana taka sisi kupigana, na matata sana na haa, wana kahapo na wana kula but ain't no more of that, reporting live from the jungle where ain't no tourists that notorious from where killers get Deported back, stay woke like insomniac Master the art of rap, no cap, we stole it back P.S. The Rebels